Welcome to The Intuitive Customer, where we discuss how you can improve your customer experience and your bottom line by embracing behavioral economics. And now, here are your hosts, world-renowned thought leader on customer experience, Colin Shaw, and Professor Ryan Hamilton from Emory University. But the problem with average call handling time is that it means that towards the end of the call, the agent will start saying things like, okay then, in other words, can I go now? And they say things that push the customer off the phone. And the danger is, is those measures cause a poor experience. You're putting so much pressure on your employees that they need to hit these metrics, that that then becomes the entirety of the goal and we're losing sight of the fact that, no, we actually want an accurate measure of how we're doing so that we can improve and know what needs to happen as opposed to, no, we, we just need to hit these numbers. What sacrifices is the organization making for the customer? And again, Good organizations, good customer-focused organizations will be making a lot of sacrifices because they think it's worthwhile. Whereas if you look at the, what we would call transactional organizations, naive organizations, they wouldn't be making a, a sacrifice. So Ryan, when I when I started doing this work at uh, when I started Beyond Philosophy back in two thousand and two, one of the things I realised was that I walked into an organisation, and I guess this is sort of the difference between this sort of intuitive and rational bit as well, which is I would walk into an organisation, and within a few hours of talking to them, I could ascertain whether they were customer focused or not. Okay. So just kind of a sense of their culture? Yeah. So it was sort of definitely from this intuitive side. But the interesting bit was I then sat down and thought, how am I making that choice? How am I making that judgment? And I actually then wrote my second book, which is called Revolutionize Your Customer Experience, that the way we talk all about the, the sort of the culture and how customer-centric the organization is. But what I wanted to do today was to go through some examples of some of the things that when I hear them or see them, I go, yeah, customer-centric or not customer-centric. And I, I hope that the listener will be able to go, does our organization do this? Yeah, because, you know, as usual with life, it's not if you do this one thing, then that makes you one thing or another. Yeah, but it's when you start to gather all these clues that you start to form a picture of, and in fact, in the, in the book, we talked about naive organizations, transactional organizations, enlightened organizations, and natural organizations. So natural organizations are naturally focused around the customer. So those are the Ritz-Coltons, the Disneys. At the other end of the scale, you've got the naive organizations, which are a bit like the used car salesman that couldn't care less about the customer. They just want to sell as many cars as they've got. And if the engine falls out when you drive off the parking lot, then tough luck. So I thought we'd go through that. Does that sound reasonable? Sounds great. So one of the telltale signs are, where does the customer get put in your agenda? 
So when you're having your normal sort of monthly management meetings, where does the customer experience and the customer stats get put in? Is it not in there? So is it something that's not talked about? And that happens in too many organizations still. Is it at the bottom? Because typically as the agenda gets rushed through, it's the last thing that gets talked about and everyone's traveling for their flights and it's rushed through. Or is it at the top? And that would indicate to me that it's important. So again, not just this one thing, but that's a sort of a telltale sign for me. Does that make sense? It does, yeah. I mean, I I think that that's, that's a good rule of thumb for figuring out, right? You're using it to diagnose customer service problems or importance. But what is talked about first? Right? I worked with a company once where they had a very strong safety culture. And so they would start off every meeting by talking about the exits in the room and what is the, the procedure that we go through. And it was just this small signal and it recentered everybody to remind them that this is priority number one. So what is being talked about first? Is it customers? Well, that's a pretty good sign that you're focused on customers. Is it something else? Is that what you want it to be? The second one sort of ties into that because it's then about what measurement is in place. So, okay, you're talking about those things at the meeting, but what are you talking about? And is it only the customer service team that's talking about it or the customer experience team that's talking about it? Or is the marketing team talking about it? Is it on their agendas? Is the finance team talking about it? Is the HR team talking about it? Because again, as you go into those areas, those are sort of less intuitive areas that you would think are focused on. But what's the measurement that's in place? So one of the other things that I can tell is when you start to talk about customer measurement, but what you're actually talking about productivity. So the example from the call center environment is this average call handling time. So I'm not sure. Do you know what average call handling time is? I mean, I can intuitively guess. Well, yeah, let me not embarrass you. You probably wouldn't be embarrassed because it is pretty intuitive to be totally honest. Average call handling time is basically how long that you were talking to the customer. And typically they would put it down as, I don't know, two minutes or something like that. But the problem with average call handling time is that it means that towards the end of the call, the agent will start saying things like, okay, then, in other words, can I go now? And they say things that push the customer off the phone. And the danger is, is those measures cause a poor experience. Now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't necessarily be measuring average call handling time, but you shouldn't certainly be targeting people on that because that forces people to make the wrong judgment. So I think it's about are the measures, what they should be for me is they should be true customer measures. So independently, unaltered by the organization, true customer measures. But on the other side of it, what you typically get is people saying, yeah, we, we deal with customer measures, but they're actually not customer measures. They're, they're more sort of internal productivity measures. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I think that's great. Again, as with your first point, this is something that you should absolutely be focused on for customer experience and customer culture. But this is also a broader problem. So there was a 
Harvard Business Review article that came out in the September, October 2019 issue, so just a little while ago, written by, by Michael Harrison, Bill Taylor. And they go through a lot of examples where management focuses on metrics to the detriment of their business. One of the examples they gave was Wells Fargo, who pushed these upselling metrics on their employees to the point where their employees felt such pressure that they started fraudulently signing customers up for additional accounts or, or overcharging them for things because they had to meet these metrics. And it, it did great damage to their underlying business and their, their customer experience and the levels of trust that people felt with their... It was just massively damaging over and above whatever fines the government is going to end up putting in place on them. And it's because they were too focused on the metrics. There's a phenomenon in psychology called medium maximization, which is, is the idea that when we've got some intermediate medium, some metric that's very easy to assess, that can then become our goal. So a lot of times you'll see it in customer loyalty programs where customers will will try to maximize the number of airline miles they have or the number of points they're getting. And they become relatively insensitive to what those points actually buy them, what, what that means. They just are kind of seeking after maximizing that in between. And managers do the same thing. Like we can focus on these metrics and lose sight of the larger picture. So it's a great bit of advice. I like that one. No, absolutely. And sort of tied into that is then if you do have more customer-focused measures, then again, and this is sort of this evolution from being not customer-centric to being very customer-centric, and you can imagine it's not black and white. But are you, so you could then tick the box and go, yes, we've got external customer metrics, but you know what? are you trying to influence that metric with the customer? So are you going out, an example of this is O2 in the UK, where I have my mobile phone. They will phone you, I believe this happens anyway, this is my interpretation of what I'm seeing, is they will phone you and check how you're doing before they send the surveys out. And then they send a survey out as to how you're doing. And interestingly enough, after they started, to, because I was I was thinking about this last time that they did this, then they stopped phoning you after that because they were phoning you to check everything was okay. Yeah, and the classic stuff is a classic example. I bought a car, Lincoln Navigator, and I went in to buy this car. Had a, a bad experience with this this sales guy, and the sales guy turned around to me and said you'll be getting a survey through and what we'd like you to do is we would like you to give me, you know, a nine or a 10 because my bonus is based upon that. So I won't bore you with the whole story, but it was a bad experience. So when the survey came through, I didn't give him a nine or a 10. And he then contacted me afterwards and he said, you clearly didn't understand my instructions. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you clearly didn't. Yes, I did. But you were poor. So that's what I told you. So anyway, yeah. So going back to it, I think it's just that sort of, are you influencing the collection of that data in any way? Are you even sending out communication packs or are you saying to them, is there any reason why you can't give us a 10 or things like that? I've gotten those surveys where it was a physical card and the card was already filled out for me with, you know, all fives or all tens or whatever it was. And they said, you know, you can erase these and, and change them <laughs> if you want to. But, and again, it's the same, it's the same phenomenon where 
you're putting so much pressure on your employees that they need to hit these metrics that that then becomes the entirety of the goal and we're losing sight of the fact that no we actually want an accurate measure of how we're doing so that we can improve and know what needs to happen as opposed to no we we just need to hit these numbers yeah no absolutely training your frontline team on how to create memories in your customers by evoking their emotions beyond philosophy's unique and proven training methodology memory maker training Contact Beyond Philosophy by going to beyondphilosophy.com slash contact. That's beyondphilosophy.com slash contact. So the other telltale sign for me is an over-focus. I don't know if that's a correct phrase. Too much of a focus on cost-cutting. So I know cost-cutting is part of business. That's fine. But, you know, are you actually doing cost-cutting to cut costs And is that now having a detrimental effect upon the customer experience? And, you know, are you being open about the fact that that's happening? So I don't have a problem with people cutting costs. I don't even have a problem of people turning around and going, you know, we've got to make this balance. We need to cut this cost and that may decline this customer experience over here because, again, you know, people are in business to make money. So you've got to make those judgments sometimes and those judgments sometimes are hard. But, you know, is the organization really just focused in cutting costs? I like the way that you phrase that. I agree with you. It's not a problem of cutting costs. Where companies get into trouble, where honestly, where individuals get into trouble, is failing to acknowledge the trade-off. So there's often this idea that we can, oh, we can just cut costs or, you know, broadening this discussion out. You know, we can lower the price, but we're not going to suffer any consequences from that. So it's not that customers are going to start seeing this as lower quality. It's not that our experience will deteriorate because we're drastically reducing the headcount of the service personnel. The smart way to do it is to recognize by cutting these costs, there's a good chance that our customer experience will be less good afterwards. We recognize that and we accept that that needs to happen as opposed to, no, 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 you guys can, you know, cut costs and then nothing is going to change. Like, be a grown-up about it. Recognize that there are consequences for your decisions and decide if that's in your long-term strategic interest. If it is, then do it. But don't just pretend. Yeah, therein lies the danger, which is, you rightly say, long-term strategic interest. And in my experience, organizations don't think about the long-term strategic interest. And if you looked at the average CMO and the average tenure of a CMO and other senior people in the organization. Effectively, I think the figure is for a CMO, it's something like 18 months, maybe even less than that now. So by definition, you're not going to take the long-term view. And one of the other problems, I think, in that whole area is just this sort of quarterly reporting to Wall Street and everything else, you know, because that just drives short-term behavior. But if you look at somebody like the Amazons of this world that have strategically said, no, focusing on the customer is the right thing to do, and it may take us seven, ten years, but that's actually where we're going. That, for me, is the right choice. And again, too short-termism is another area that I would put in in the what are the telltale signs of a not a customer-focused organization. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I agree. I think that that's it's such an important point because no sane manager is going to say. You know, we don't need to worry about whether our, our customers are having a good experience shopping from us. Nobody's going to deny that that's important. 
but it is often a longer term issue and it can be a little bit squishy and it can be difficult to measure, particularly if you're not doing it rigorously already. And so it becomes a very easy thing to put off. Like costs are something that we need to manage right now for this quarter. Customer experience, there's some give and take. We'll improve that later. And yeah, it's dangerous when we fool ourselves around that. So next telltale sign for me is too much of a focus on sales revenue. And typically this is a lot of organizations, you know, the irony of this one is for me, and I always use the mobile phone companies as an example of this, when everybody was scrabbling around for for business. What I'm trying to say is when everybody was getting a mobile phone for the first time. So what happens is, Everyone was just trying to get people on board. When they finally got people on board and the market had reached saturation point, they suddenly went, oh, bloody hell, we've got a big hole in our bucket and we were losing lots of customers. So, oh, now we maybe should think about what our customer experience is about. So not thinking strategically again about it's not just about acquisition. It's also about retention. And actually, retention is statistically more important because it costs far less to keep a customer than it does to acquire a customer. So this over-focus of acquiring customers and the under-focus of allowing customers to leave and not dealing with that. And tied into that is then you start to get into the marketing part, which is, and again, as I was thinking about and sort of preparing for this this call for this podcast, is new customers only. This offer is new customers only. So it doesn't matter if you've been there for 10 years or whatever else and you've been loyal to them. I find that quite insulting, to be totally honest with you. You know, so actually depriving or not rewarding customer loyalty. I think that's a, I think that's another one for me. I mean, a, a lot of these short-term sales promotions seem to be designed to attract disloyal customers. So people who can be lured away very easily. And how is that possibly in your long-term best interest? Yeah, no, absolutely. The other telltale signs for me is just the words that people use. So if you listen carefully to how people talk about customers or talk about the way they're dealing with customers. So the example I always loved was we were doing some work in one of the airlines that didn't call customers passengers. They called them self-loading freight. And it just shows, even if that's a joke, it sort of shows the mentality of these things. Again, whether you spend a lot of time talking about processes as opposed to experiences, because there's a big difference between a, a process and an experience. And that, again, starts to tell me whether the organization's inside out or, or not. The other telltale sign for me, which is, again, a big one, is how much time senior people and middle managers spend talking to the customer. So do you see the senior team talking to the customer? And do you see the senior team, even in the B2C environment, you know, some of the best practices I've seen is where the senior team will be allocated complaints to deal with. And they literally have to phone up the customer and deal with the complaint and then deal with what's happening with that organization and and everything else. So too often, 
when you start to say, well, how much time is the senior person, senior team dealing with the customer? It's not enough. Or they're only dealing with them, particularly in a B2B environment, you know, when there's a big sale to be made or there's a big escalation that's happened as well. And the last question I would ask is this, and I haven't asked this of a customer yet, but it's an interesting question, I think, which is what sacrifices is the organization making for the customer? That is interesting. So when you think about it, there are clearly occasions, it's a bit like home, when one of the kids or your significant other asks you to do something and, you know, you have to sacrifice something, maybe it's not go to a ball game or, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. But what sacrifices is the organization making for the customer? And again, good organizations, good customer-focused organizations will be making a lot of sacrifices because they think it's worthwhile. Whereas if you look at the, what we would call transactional organizations, naive organizations, they wouldn't be making a, a sacrifice. Does that make sense? That's great. Yeah. Good. So let's get on to our usual, so what? Maybe I'll go first and and you jump in afterwards. So the issue for me is I would like you to be like I am, but for your own organization. That is, I'd like you to just go in and critically think about the things that the organization is doing and think about the words that people are using to describe things and get a sense of, do you think that that makes you customer-centric or not, truly, okay? Because I think if you start thinking about the measures that we've talked about, are people spending enough time? You know, is it things like average call handling time you've got? Have you got only things like new customers only, offers, et cetera, et cetera? You know, those are all these telltale signs of where the organization is. And then I think what you've got to do is to start to go, okay, well, where do we want to be? You know, are we just happy being there? And if that's the case, then that's fine. Carry on doing what you're doing. You know, but if you think that improving the customer experience is important, you can only improve the customer's experience sustainably if you start to address some of these issues. Because what will happen is if you don't address these more sort of longer-term strategic cultural issues, then you'll make an improvement in the customer experience, but it will drop back because the culture of the organization is is not good enough to make it sustainable. What about your thoughts? So I think you've got a great list of things there for people to to work on. A lot of them are very kind of tactical and practical, but I'm struck by how many of them are cultural, as you just mentioned. Part of the reason that I started working with you in the first place years ago is because your approach is very hard-nosed and you take measurement very seriously and you want to prove that what you're doing works. But there can be this tendency to focus on what is easy to measure. So I, I, I think this is an Einstein quote, but if not, somebody smart other than Einstein said it, even if it's just me, somebody said it. But the quote is, not everything that's important can be measured and not everything that can be measured is important. And when you're faced with metrics that you can see very clearly and see how they change 
from quarter to quarter, it can we run the risk of overemphasizing that and sometimes to the risk of our culture. So even if culture is difficult to measure, difficult to establish metrics around, it is incredibly important in this thing. And if you walk into an organization and, and your first day as an employee, you just start breathing the air of good customer service. And this is what is important to us. And you pick up on all those very subtle signals from your fellow employees and from management. That's going to do more to improve your customer experience than will a, a set of rigorous metrics that are gone over every week. Yeah, I always remember going into a utility company and we were doing some training there on customer experience and just sort of introducing them to the concept of it. And there was this, uh, there's about 20 people there. And there was this young lady who had just joined the company and she was very engaged in the training and, and she kept saying, oh, what about, why don't, why don't we do this? And she'd only just joined her, say, six months ago. And everybody else sat around and said, no, we did that 20 years ago and it didn't work. Yeah, oh, no, that was a good idea. We tried that last year, it didn't work. And you could see them beating all the goodness out of her, you know, until the, the message is just get back in your box. And it's a bit like, what is that on Star Trek? Resistance is futile. What was that? Uh, the, the Borg. The Borg. Yeah. The Borg. Yes. We will like assimilate you. Setting me up. <laughs> is it risky for me to admit that I know the Star Trek? reference immediately yeah, or should yeah. I pretend that I'm too cool for that <laughs> it was the Borg Colin we all know that I know it was the Borg yes yes resistance is futile so on that note just go into your organization and and see if they're saying resistance is futile and if they are it's probably the wrong organizations to be working for if you want to be focused on customer experience so thanks very much everybody if you get any questions any suggestions any feedback on how we're doing then please just drop us a line contact at beyondphilosophy.com just email us that's contact at beyondphilosophy.com or just go on to our website which is beyondphilosophy.com look forward to talking to you next week cheers This has been The Intuitive Customer with Colin Shaw and Professor Ryan Hamilton. But it doesn't end here. Just go to beyondphilosophy.com slash podcast to find all of our shows, access free tools and resources, and subscribe, won't you? That way you'll never miss a show. That's beyondphilosophy.com slash podcast. And we'll talk with you next time on The Intuitive Customer. <laughs>